0: It's Overexposed, the film photography podcast with me, Sasquatch Mansfield, the empath herself. Emily Murdoch joins me this week. Emily is the love child of acceptance and values. Talking with her, you feel warm inside. Her images portray just that. She's got a lot of wisdom to share and is as humble as the day is long. Our conversation is free and fun like wild mustangs on top of a mountain or something. Okay, well, you know, just enjoy it, all right? Emily, thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It's going to be good.
0: good yeah. Stuff. Well, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but you're, you're like Babe Ruth calling your shot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this well, is going to be a
0: great podcast.
1: I'm here. So, and you're here. So, we're going to be amazing. Yeah. Of uh, course.
0: hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. You're up in, in Plano.
1: No uh, how rude are you? We're in the depths of despair in Garland, Texas.
0: You're in Garland? I thought you were in Plano.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. No. No. We okay. had dinner in Plano one time, but that was it.
0: <laughs> it's on the way to Garland. Okay. Kinda,
1: okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean depending on where you're coming from, sure. Yeah. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. Well where we were coming from. <laughs> it was Yeah, it was on the way. <laughs> Sure. Um, Well, how is it? uh, This is the crazy thing: is Mm -hmm. it is. um, I started doing this like COVID ask, like, "Hey, how's COVID life?" Sure. Mm -hmm. And now it's just normal. This is where we're at. Right. Five months in. No. So, how's your mental health?
1: (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) That's a heavy hitter right off the start. Um, No, I'm actually, you know, honestly, for my family in particular, we didn't change really much. I mean, I know that that sounds like we're just living the life, but my husband still went to work every day. Sure. We already homeschooled, so it wasn't a transition there for us. Oh, okay. And so um, as far as, I mean, of course it's been, sucky to not be able to do all the things I want to do travel wise and sure. um, all of that. But I don't know. I mean, like it was funny because, you know, we came home from hybrid mm-hmm. in March and I was like, okay, we'll go through a two or three week shutdown. I can handle a little, a little blip in my life.
2: No, And baby. we had
1: had, we had a, a trip, a big, big, big family reunion trip planned um, in May for Hawaii. And I asked my husband, who's a, family practice doctor I said so said you know we're gonna still go on that trip right and he goes there's like a 0.1 chance we will get to go on that trip and I'm like no there's no way it's like three months away It will be fine he's like no we're not going on that trip it's not happening um, he's like this, this is a long time process and so he saw it from the beginning I was way more optimistic than that <laughs> Yeah. Like every day I was like, it's gotta be done soon, <laughs> right? You know, as like the numbers yeah. are like in Dallas, like up up and up. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're finally Dallas County's on the down slide, hopefully. Good. But I have bad news for everybody. We're about to get into flu season, cold and flu season, and it's not gonna be a pretty one. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, here's the reason why I think it's not gonna be super pretty. I think that cold and flu is going to, to be present too, which is going to complicate yes. people's ability to feel safe and comfortable. Because yes. when people look like they have coronavirus because they're coughing a little or they're you know sniffly,
3: yes, um,
1: that's going to complicate things. But
0: yeah,
1: I'm hopeful that 2021 is totally our year.
0: Oh. Hundred percent. I'm like,
1: <laughs> as long as by January we're not talking about this anymore, I can handle it. I just can't, you know. I can't imagine the thought process of like two or three years, like the way that some, you know, the pandemic of what 1912, 1915, which year was that? Anyway, um, where well, maybe it was 1912 to 1915. Oh, actually, no. I think maybe what it was. They, I mean, they they were locked down for like three years. You know, I mean, it was intense. Yeah,
0: and they didn't have tablets.
1: They didn't have tablets. I had to look at people all day long. I mean, the amount of screen use in my house, because I'm just like, don't talk to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So terrible. I'm admitting to all my parental faults, but yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I said it whenever this first started was like, Whatever preconceived ideas you have about parenting, you kind of have to like give yourself some grace because this is yeah. a very strange time.
3: Yes, 100%. So
0: we went, 100%. we went from, yeah, more, more screen time has happened in our yeah. house. Than, I think
3: that that's,
1: I think that's fine. I mean, you know, my thing is I have two kids that are like right in the huge throes of puberty. So it's like at the same time. And so... um, you might as i mean it's it's hell, like put us all in the same house and make us like deal with each other all day long yeah. seven days a week It's yeah, cool yeah, luckily, the weather's been good
0: I'm so interested about the the weather has been wonderful
1: <laughs> <laughs> is this that kind of a podcast, where we're just going to talk about the weather. let's just chat about the weather for a minute. It's so southern of us too, yeah,
0: not a cloud in the sky the other day <laughs> don't you know yeah, um. That's not even really a southern thing. Was, I was doing like a Georgia southern. Oh, I know, I know well, Texas South.
3: It's a flavor, yeah.
0: Yeah, but we don't want to get into that. That's a lot of cursing. It's at least my, theory. at least my Texas South
1: in a lot of languages. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You um, know, we've got people cursing in te- in German down in the Texas Hill Country. So you mm-hmm. got to be, you know, got to be on your game.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I learned, to, <laughs> I learned to curse in multiple languages when I was you know. Um, Colorful. But
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm so interested in what my future holds as <laughs> puberty oh. coming sounds like the most terrifying thing in the whole world to me. Like having to deal, I have four boys and so four boys hitting puberty basically all at the same time. Is like, do I just so, rent a house to throw them in?
1: Or- <laughs> no, but I will <laughs> say that idea of that we've discussed before, that idea of like you have to stay in control. Yeah. That was the thing. So, my first son, we've talked about this. My first son was great. He's an angel. He went through puberty and it was like, I think he might have yelled at us a couple times because he was angry. You know what I mean? Like, that was it. <laughs> and then, Um, My other two experiences with it have been completely different. And one of them is my daughter, which, you know, my, so my biggest challenge with puberty and, oh my gosh, I I almost couldn't say that word. It was almost like a swear word. Puberty. Woo. Um, I didn't even want to say it. Um, No, but my experience with my daughter has been that for me personally, it's been really hard not to get emotionally like wrapped up in her drama. Um, And like, because what happened was it becomes super personal. It's like, mom, I hate you. You're the worst, I, you know. And then it's like, well, I, you know, that I, then I find myself defending myself to a ten-year-old, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute, let's pull that back, you know.
3: <laughs> Jeez.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I, if I allow my emotional, I'm not the worst. Yeah, I'm not the you worst. Haven't even experience the worst. this PowerPoint presentation on why I'm a great mom. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, you know, I, uh, I, I just feel like my own emotional immaturity became really, really clear Mm. to to me. And so I had a lot that I had to go through my own. You know, that's a growing up for you too, as a parent, it is, you you, you know, it's a, but I will say on the other end of it, it is so much fun when they're, you know, out of that and, and kind of done if they ever are really totally done. But, um, but there's, there's a really fun part that comes when, they can joke with you and laugh with you. And they're kind of having their like, you can see their adult sense of humor, their adult Uh, sensibilities coming out. And that's really, it's so fun. I'm one of those people though, that for me personally, every single stage has been so hard and so fun.
3: Yeah,
1: Like every stage of parenting is just the best. And if you, if you can kind of like even, lie to yourself about that if it's not feeling that way.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: then I promise that like it makes it so much easier and so much better to just realize this is a stage. nothing lasts um yeah. in good ways and bad ways. So none the bad stuff doesn't last, but the good stuff doesn't last too. So if you can kind of soak it in um with the attitude of like this is temporary, you know, all yeah. of its temporary, even though it feels so permanent in the moment, right. you're on Groundhog day, you know, loop, but.
0: Yeah, especially now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. your life didn't change much.
1: <laughs> My life didn't change much, Um, but it's still, I, um, it's still boring. More boring. <laughs> uh, but I'm starting to work again, and so I'm starting to be more, you know, like I've watched so many document, like I've watched so much TV. Yeah. I and I didn't used to do that very much, but this last like what is it five months or whatever. I'm like, I know about every documentary on every streaming service, but there's been some good ones. I mean, there's been some things I've really loved. Yeah, Indian yeah. Matchmaker was recent. That one I really liked.
0: Indian Matchmaker?
1: Uh huh. Like East Indian
3: Matchmaker. Oh. So good.
0: Like, that's like the Indian version of um, The Bachelorette or bachelor
3: no
1: so it's about a a literal matchmaker that goes and puts together matches for indian people
3: okay based
1: on their preferences like she is an individual matchmaker and so she works with people in the u.s and she works with people in india and she is like it's just phenomenally ridiculous and great Okay. I'm sure great for them maybe, but it's a little ridiculous from the outside looking in. Cause it's like, they're very silly people sometimes <laughs> on shows. Well, like just because the list, like the list of things that they want versus what they're willing to offer is always really funny. Like I always want, you know, anyway, it's just interesting for me, but do you know what they have on there? That was so cool. Was they have a guy that she goes to that's in India and he's called a, um, what should she say a face Oh, face reader. So, you know, how you have like a palm reader, but he, you can show him a picture of a person and he can tell you about that person. And then you show him a picture of the two people and he can tell you about their, if they're going to be a good match. Huh. And I was like, that's the job I want. I just want people to bring me pictures and be like, Hmm, this person looks like a jerk. You no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. so funny. But like he would, I mean, he was, the funny thing about it is, you know, it's such a, a Western culture attitude, I guess, that I probably have where I'm just like, okay, but what's his success rate? Like, did anybody ask that? Like, has yeah. anybody tracked that? Or are we just trusting him because he's the guru at the top of the hill, you know, in <laughs> Mumbai? Like, yeah. I don't know. Where's anyway, the um, but, but it's just an interesting, like that show, I really like the idea, like the juxtaposition between the Eastern and the Western thought uh-huh. processes. It's just, it's yeah. really fascinating. Interesting. You know, there's one family that um, all live together, like the parents and then the two brothers and one of the brothers is married and the other one's not. Yeah. And the mom gets onto the, like she gets out of blood pressure cuff and she's like taking her blood pressure. And she's like, this is you, you're making me have high blood pressure. Cause you're not married. Oh. And then at the dinner table, she told him that her, his brother and his and the brother's wife couldn't um have any babies yet because he's not married. And he's like, what does that have to do with me? Like, it's just, it's such an interesting, I don't know. You know, they're so connected, I guess, but uh, that, it was, that, was a good
3: one. that was a good one.
0: You should watch that one. Well, no, That's you shouldn't. I don't think. You don't, I don't think know. I should watch any of it? It's. I would. Here's what I would watch. I yeah. would watch an actual matchmaker, someone that makes matches.
3: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would
0: watch that. Like that. that that's sense. my jam.
1: Yeah. This feels a little like this felt a little. Even though it's about marriage and like people's lives, it felt a little frou frou for you, probably a little frilly. Okay. No? okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little drama filled. It's just not your thing.
0: <laughs> well, I. I wish I had some. Uh, so, oh, you know what I did watch recently that I like blew my mind away. It was um, 1917. Oh my gosh, I love
1: that movie. How? was just love like
0: it? no. It's just oh, I don't know how they filmed. Like I do know how they filmed it, but it's just
1: no. So after that movie was done, I turned to Adam and I said, "Were you paying attention to how they filmed that?" That was like they. Like that first, I think it's the first shot, the first shot of the movie. It's just one long shot with no, like, mm-hmm. how do you do that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is it magic? Yeah. The, the longest one shot on that one was like eight and a half minutes.
1: I just don't, it must've been one of the first ones when he's going through the camp or something, I think is what it was. Anyway, yeah. I was like, that movie blew me away. Cinematically, yeah, yeah. one of the best
0: things I've ever seen. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, uh, th- I mean that's that's really what I'm talking about. The Storyline was fine, but like ultimately, I was like in it for the cinematography. Like, what?
1: I know, and what? my husband hates it because every once in a while, you know, like in the middle of a movie, I'll be like, "Do you see that light? Do you see the way they're you?" And he's like, "Can I watch the freaking movie? Like, stop talking about light. You know, like he doesn't see it or care."
0: Yeah, but then he gets like all nerdy about like diseases that are happening in the ah, in the what a nerd! Yeah, what a nerd.
1: Jeez, so. in the world or something boring yeah We light like we like
0: light okay <laughs> um so I I found your old blog and um oh my gosh tell me what, whenever, are you talking- what? <laughs> tell me whenever you got into film oh you're
3: killing
1: me this you is didn't, not yeah. wait a minute my old blog didn't look like film to you <laughs> it didn't look <laughs> did it look amazing? <laughs> oh, for anybody that hears this, this is a blog from like 10 years ago that is so bad. And I don't yeah, know how you yeah. guys found it, but it I mean, I guess you did a Google search and that's how you found it. Mm-hmm. That would be, I'd need to just figure out how to not make that happen. It's yeah, it's
0: spot. a blog spot, I think.
1: Oh, it's a blog spot. Cause that was so cool to have back then. That was when, I mean, you were like 10, but that was, let me tell you a little bit about it. Blogspot was a thing that you could make blogs on, and it felt really cool because you could talk about your life and oh
3: yeah, I had you know a blog you spot. you had readers.
1: I had a zango. I'm just giving you, you know, I'm giving you a hard time.
3: I know, but um,
1: okay, I'll circle back to your question though. Okay. Um, so film for me was something I first started hearing about. So I'm old enough to have used film mm-hmm. back in the day. But I never used to film professionally. But growing up, that's what we took pictures of. So I was always the girl growing up that like made my friends pose for pictures and they hated it. And like one of my most favorite things was we would go down to the river walk at Christmas time and I'd make them pose for like pictures like with the lights on the riverwalk because it's oh. so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'd be like, Oh, Emily wants us to go to the river walk again. It's another photo shoot, like you know, because I had mostly guy friends, so it was not like oh. you know wasn't my girl's friends that wanted to be models it was my friends that were like yeah. could we please go to eat you know like i'll take yeah. a picture of it then we got to go to dinner yeah. um so for me that was all that so film actually i have to tell you a funny story about how the first time i ever heard about digital yeah do it i was at my grandma's house okay. and my grandma okay. said i got a new camera and it's this cool little doohickey camera that has a little thing that you stick inside it's a little card and it can get like 30 photos on the card. And then I can plug it into my TV and I can look at the, fi- the pictures. And I was like, grandma, wh- who swind?" I, I honestly thought she got swindled at like Best Buy or something. Oh, I was huh. like, I went to Best Buy looking for something else. And they're like, you need this. And it was, I mean, she probably spent like $2,000 on this digital oh, camera.
3: for sure.
2: And
1: so um, I she was the first person I ever heard about that had a digital camera. So that's, that always makes me laugh. Cause like, she's still to this day is like telling me about gadgets that she hears about that she has bought. And I'm like, I'd never even know that was a thing. So fast forward to film. Um, when I had first heard that people were using film again or hadn't stopped, I mean, depending on how you look at it, but, sure, um, so. was 2015, the end of 2015. um, Or maybe during the year that year. I found John Canless. I found um, Jose Villa, I think, was another one that I just saw because someone had mentioned it. Um, And then I started noticing that people were actually, like like John, were actually using it for um, family pictures, which, because, you know, I didn't realize that anybody used it for family work. I just thought that it was like a wedding thing that, you know, maybe old guys with ponytails and vests, you know, like I didn't know that it was. A thing yeah. so, 2016, I went to a conference called Photo Native. I don't know if you know Photo Native, but um, it's, it was in Utah, okay. and um, there was a film 101 class oh. um, with um, Michelle White. She's um, she and her husband, and I can't remember her husband's name, sorry, whoever you are, Mr. White. But they, um, they did the class about it and like super basics, and then I had brought a new to me film camera that I had bought from Patrick Lee. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, and I, so that was my Pentax 645 me. And so, me, so cute. Um, my N2. So I, yeah, so I shot that, that photo native. I didn't bring a digital camera. I only brought a film camera and I was like, I'm just gonna jump right into it, right? Yeah. I thought, how hard can it be? Like, you know, but then I realized really quick what it really, what it was for me film was like, um, I'd been working in digital for probably almost 10 years, eight years, probably around there. Um, and I was so bored, like Mm -hmm. just so, so bored. Everything, I mean, I, you know, I, I wasn't like at the top of my game or anything. I wasn't amazing, but I was just to the point where it was like, it was the same thing all the time. And, you know, I take a, you know, I take 300 photos at a photo session and have to edit. And, you know, I was spending, I was spending hours and hours and hours. I mean, even up until recently still spending hours and hours. So I, um, just started kind of playing around with film, but I didn't do it in my work for a long, long time. Mm. Um, bought Find in a Box, got connected with people there, loved what I was seeing other people create, but I wasn't... Um, I've always said that with photography, you have to be able to create consistent work to be able to use it on clients. So like mm-hmm. if when people ask, when is it time to start a business if I, if I like photography? The, the answer is when you can create consistent results in any lighting situation, in any situation that comes to you. Otherwise leave your camera at home and be a guest at the wedding instead of the photographer. There you go. But, you go. um, so for me, that was the same, that was kind of the same principle that I, that I had for film work too. Mm. Um, where until I could felt like I could cre- create pretty consistent results. I'm still not to the point of some of my colleagues, but, um, that's when, so now I've introduced, like now I'm, I'm film at sh- at sessions. So, yeah. Four years. I mean, that's a long time. And it's a lot slower than a lot of other people. Um just because I'm not I don't I'm not a full time photographer, so that's part of
3: it too. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's so hard to like you really have to like emulse immerse. There it is. Mm-hmm. You really just have to <laughs> or emulsive I I mean, don't know, film. That's, just, that's
1: a word too. <laughs> that is definitely a word.
0: Yeah, but you just have to, you know, immerse yourself into the the photography, like any medium that you're going to pick up, you just have to jump in and be so into it. Yeah. And like, especially whenever you're not doing it, like whenever I have full time, I had a full time job and then I was just doing it like on the side. Mm -hmm. I just never really got to a place where I was happy with what I was creating. Yeah, and it wasn't until I was able to like sit and think about photography like a lot,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: not—I mm-hmm. don't know—it was—it was like a weird shift. And I, I even still have like many other things that I do other than photography. So like this, Yes. I'm not taking a picture of you right now.
1: No. Uh,
0: I wish I was, but
1: oh well. Maybe, maybe
0: another time. Yes. But, um, yeah, that's good. So, so you just got bored. And then we're like, let's do something else. You Honestly, were using your grandma's camera <laughs> and you were like. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right.
1: No, I, um, I think it was, it was part boredom, but also still was like a huge challenge because, sure. you know, um, as you know, you don't get the results right away. Right. And so you have to be so much more careful. And I mean, that cost me a lot of money to really solidify that <laughs> yeah. in my brain. You know, like <laughs> yeah. really solidify it in my brain. I got a lot of stuff back. I can remember in the beginning getting rolls back where like I had one image that I was kind of like, okay, this is all right out of 16, 15. Like that's, that sucks, man. Oh. Like,
0: Oh, I was getting one back. On a 35? On a 35. <laughs> 35 year old. So like, you know, 36, probably
1: I, 38. Yeah. And so I, that, that was hard because I feel like, you know, it was, it's super disheartening yeah. um, yeah. to spend a bunch of money and feel like I could have, you know, I could have shot, I could have shot 300 digital images and gotten at least more than one, you know, right. and it would have been three. So I think there's, that was, that was part of it, but, but it was also so much more challenging than anything else that I was doing. And I was at a point in my life where everything was kind of mundane. It was kind of groundhog day. And so, um, film was the one thing that I could do that was totally mine, totally unique and really fun. So, and now I'm to the point where I get like two a role. I'm really
0: happy. That's good. That is a hundred percent improvement. Four years. I know. Let me go. Really proud of you. Doubled my keeper rate. (laughs) Well, yeah, I would get those back. I would get those like awful images back. And then I would have this like mental gymnastics that I would do because I know what my standard is.
3: Right, Like I've always
0: had a standard for what good photography is because I look at good photography. We know what it is. Yeah. Right. And then I would get these scans back and be like,
2: oh
1: well that could that
0: could be interesting (laughs) you know like i'm like
1: trying to i I I
2: love
0: it good
1: job maybe
0: but (laughs) we never
1: felt like that for me it was always this is crap and i am it was so disappointed it
0: it was like my my sevenness trying to just be like i love it there's a silver lining to this (laughs) this this is is like neat some hipster will (laughs) like it
1: (laughs) so arty. This is so Austin right here. It's so Austin. Somebody,
0: Some gallery is
1: going to want this in Austin for sure.
0: Yeah. I'll just say it's expired film.
1: <laughs> well, and that was, you know, honestly, from the beginning, that was something that I was doing in a different way. I was blaming everything else in some ways. Like sometimes I was like, oh, it's got to be this camera is untested. And I didn't, you know, no, right. it's because you don't know what you're doing and you have to learn. And it's, you know, anything has a learning curve and that's totally great.
3: Yeah. It's totally great. And
1: people with film cameras that are new to it, if they're disappointed, they just need to keep going. Like, I think one of the things that I, that I disregarded advice that I didn't, that I didn't take and should have taken was to like be super consistent and shoot a ton. You know, I was like, oh, how can I, you know, how can I justify shooting a ton when I'm getting this back and I'm spending a bunch of money? Well, the answer is you'll get to a better place so much faster yes. if it's not one roll every two months, you know, kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, like, and that was the other thing is I would shoot sometimes at a session. I'd bring my my uh, film camera along and do like two frames and then it would sit on my sit there for you know, so I wouldn't even like the clients never saw them because it was like three months later that I would have them developed, and <laughs> but then I would love them more. The hard thing was that when they when they when it sang, I was like, "That's like perfect. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it more than digital." Yeah. And so now I'm to the point where I don't even want to shoot any digital because I I come home and compare them like night yeah. and day. You know, yeah. So that's
0: yeah, I. I <laughs> I just recently got a um, an XT thirty, which is a mirrorless Fuji film. Uh, Look at you! I I use it for video mainly, but oh, so like Molly, my wife, um, you know her name, but I'm just saying for other people that might be listening, her name hey. is Molly. Um, nice. I was taking some of her uh, landscapes that she painted for like printing. Right. So I was scanning them with my digital, and I was shooting in RAW. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know what to do with RAW, and oh. I, <laughs> I I learned, but it's just like it's so <laughs> much work. It's so much more work for me because I I like had an outdated had an outdated Adobe situation. Right. So then I had to buy all new Adobe so that the RAW file from Fuji would work with, and so it's like.
1: Too much work, man.
0: Yeah, I'll just shoot film. Maybe yeah, maybe but- maybe we can make scans out of some film. We could probably do that.
1: You probably could.
0: Probably.
3: I don't know, man.
0: Uh I already have the camera. It's fine. We'll just do it this <laughs> way. Yeah. But you have the it's camera. Nice. It's a great it's a good camera. So Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. I like it enough. <laughs> <I'm> never gonna <laughs> shoot it. I do it for video. Um this is okay what i want to talk to you about is you have this uncanny ability to look at work and then i've i've seen you do it with multiple people okay. like
1: yeah
0: tell them what their work says about them yes yeah yeah so,
1: so i um i have a really strong belief that everybody is whether consciously or not making a very definitive statement with what they produce in their photography. Um, and sometimes it's super heartbreaking. And oh. like, there are some times where I can see people's work and I'm like, you're really, really having a hard time, you know? Oh. Um, and
0: are you an empath?
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. So I can feel that. I mean, that's the other thing that's that you know, if I, a lot of times if I meet someone, um, not a lot of times, Every time I meet someone I <laughs> you know <laughs> I hate being like that because it's so I don't know it sounds so like you know it, it sounds kind of like those women that um and maybe men too that <laughs> used to have those you're maybe too young but there used to be people that would have commercials like 800 numbers where you could call and get a psychic to like tell you about your life oh, for or
0: too young for that 499
1: no, $4. a minute right yeah. and so um it kind of sometimes I feel like my my um my street cred is about as good as that probably to people, but I can meet somebody and instantly know whether or not um, I'm going to like them, whether or not they're doing great or doing not so great. Um, And it's, I think the hardest thing for me is when people are false um, in person, because that's an instant thing. I know that they're being false and I hate it because I'm like, just be you. Like everybody is, everybody's worthy of time and love and acceptance. So just you. But their work um, will usually belie the underlying Mm. situation, Mm. whether they want it to or not. not The thing of it is, is most people don't want to know. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to know the truth about themselves. It's like wearing a mask, right? And you hope that nobody realizes you're wearing a mask. And so, when someone realizes you're wearing a mask, they don't like that. It's a lonely, lonely job,
0: man. It's a lonely job. Well, you you asked me if you you know I wanted to know, and yeah. I was like, yeah, hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. And I wasn't I wasn't uh, disappointed at all. I thought about it for I don't know, like. Seven days. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I thought about it a lot after you said it, but but it was so accurate. Like I was just like, how? So then <laughs> I'm like studying my work. I don't know, but it's just it's quite impressive, and I, I I I really think that. Well, we were joking before this that you should start a business. So yeah. if you want. I can do some, I'll do some ads on the podcast oh gosh, and, and then there's a little if call people number. people want to know,
1: I'll tell them. I don't mind. I, you know, I'll tell you what, um, I think the thing is, is that there are some people that, um, there are some people that I think get upset about it because that's not what they want to portray. Mm. You know what I mean? It, but okay. maybe knowing... Can help you to change it if that's really you know if it's something that you want to change. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're all we're we all have our own. I mean, we talk about it, you know, I, all over the photography community. Everyone talks about how you, you have a voice, you have your own life experiences. All of that funnels into your work. Um, yeah. So whether, I mean, whether or not I tell you what it looks like and what it feels like and what it's expressing, it doesn't matter because it's a thing. It's real, you know, whether yeah. or not you know yeah. what you're yeah. doing um, totally. out there. But, you yeah. know, some yeah. people, you can just kind of tell where they are in their journey, you know? Yeah, so.
0: yeah. Um, it was good. I, I I welcomed it. It was. Oh, it, good. was well, it was one of my...
1: And I'm always happy to tell people that welcome it. I don't ever tell... Well, actually, I think I told John Canlis without him welcoming it, but I don't know if he cared or not.
0: No, he probably didn't care. <laughs> Knowing John, he doesn't care.
1: He might have He might have fought me a little bit on it, but
0: oh, he, actually,
1: okay. he actually did fight me a little bit on it in the beginning, but I think he sees it now. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I've ever been able to tell John Canlis that he didn't know already. <laughs> you know, like John knows it all. So...
0: Yeah, I mean, I've introduced him to some bands, but <laughs> that's true. You win at that for sure. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, he knows others <laughs> that I don't too. So we're we're a match made in heaven. Um so so. Uh, just, uh, I'm gonna segue real hard because I I want to get to my okay. little surprise for you.
3: Okay, left turn. Um,
0: right. Well, yeah. Well, before we segue, if anybody wants to re- just reach out to Emily.
3: Yeah, so give me a look at your
0: work. I'll look at she'll, your website. She'll I'll tell at- you your deepest and darkest secret, <laughs> and you'll be like, "Well, I'm gonna go cry in a corner now." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! I hope not. You didn't cry in a corner. <laughs> no, maybe. I didn't cry. Oh, okay.
0: I didn't cry at all. Uh, but like, so you said for my work, and I'm, I might get the exact wording wrong, but it was that I am giving people space mm-hmm. to um, have fun or like be themselves.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. Mostly your children.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mostly children in your work.
0: Yes. And that, that was like me trying to heal my inner child in the way that I'm like.
1: Those were my words, but yeah. Yeah. Just that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. (laughs) Was it? Did I tell you? you
0: I think you did. Did I? Oh shoot! No, it's okay. I already get all.
1: That was a little psychological, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think that there, when someone is raised in a way that doesn't allow them to be exactly who they are, um, it it goes a lot of different ways. But I think for you, where it's gone is that you've allowed your children to be exactly who they give them given them the space to be exactly who they are and to be carefree and to be happy and you know so so that's the underlying but what your photos show is joy and openness and contentedness and contentedness a word and you know so that's yeah. what you that's what the, sh- the photographs show but the underlying mm-hmm. is that you've allowed that to happen um you've also allowed imperfection which is another huge thing that um not a lot of people can do and I think part of that is because you know if there's a feeling that you have to be perfect growing up and you've healed that see that's the thing is like if you don't heal it then you're always going to ser- ser- search for perfection in your work right mm-hmm. um but if you have if you've looked that in the face and tried to heal it at least as best you can then you can allow for imperfection but somebody who's raised in a super strict need to be perfect kind of way. And I don't know if that's the way you were raised, but I know that for me personally, there was a lot of like, make sure everybody that thinks we're, you know, we're keeping things perfect. We're keeping things perfect. Um, that causes a lot of like a, uh, a lot of issues in your work in later years. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. For sure. So some people can allow the imperfection because like I said, they feel healed it. And some people, they have to continue to have the rigid perfection because they have not. Mm -hmm. So. There's
0: that. Yeah, that's good. Like, that, that, that's good. It gets, <laughs> it gets to the heart of it. Like, I mean, yeah. it's so much more than just pointing a, a camera at something and clicking a... Like,
1: nobody click. ever does that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I'll just state right now that nobody ever points a camera at something. That just doesn't happen. They think that they do. Um, but just, just the fact of the height that you photograph at Yep. Can 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 be about your psychology, right. um, yeah. you know, like, you know, I hate to do that. I'm gonna call John Cayamas out. but He is somebody that shoots from below because he is interested in showing strength,
3: yeah. and so
1: a strength, a, a strong portrait, you shoot from below so that the person looks strong. Yeah. Anyway, so.
0: Yeah, that's good. Okay, hard segue. So your son, your your oldest, yeah. right? Uh
3: huh. My oldest, um,
0: Nathan. Uh, he started doing YouTube um, hockey like commentary. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so he wants to be a hockey broadcaster. Okay. Or work for the NHL in some capacity. Um, but yeah, he's he's got a hockey YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, and I know you're like super proud of that. For
1: sure. I am super proud of that. He actually hit 19,000 subscribers today.
0: Amazing. He's been.
1: Um, which is like crazy for what he does because it's such a niche, you know, uh-huh. channel, um, that I mean, he's that he's, he works on that a lot and he makes a lot of money and you know, just has done really good. So
0: that's so awesome.
3: Yeah. It's
1: been good. It's been fun.
0: Okay. So your last name is Murdoch.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it is now. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. But uh, And your son is interested in hockey. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna find out how much you know about Dan nope Don Murdoch.
3: I don't even know who that is. <laughs> well,
0: Get ready. Buckle okay. up. Oh my gosh. He's he's uh, he's a Canadian hockey okay. player. Okay um, around like 1977. That's all okay. you need to know. Sure. You're gonna nail this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, where was he born? A, see there's a multiple choice.
3: Oh sure, I can do all
0: okay. of these are in Canada, Canadia. Okay. With... Uh huh. Uh huh. Born A Calgary, B Cranbrook, C Edmonton, or D Winnipeg.
1: Um, he's from Winnipeg.
0: No, not at all. Jeez. Oh, come on. I'm so bad at this game. Oh, I'm
1: so bad at this game. <laughs> I'm so bad at knowing who this person is
0: from 1977 <laughs> right. before I was even born. <laughs> The worst. <laughs> but, but a similar last name. You know, you okay. married into you it. You should have done totally your did. research. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> different my different, different spelling.
1: So my Calgary Murdoch. My Murdoch is from Calgary. That's where he's from.
0: Okay. Cranbrook. Okay, where Cranbrook. Sure. Yeah, I have no idea where that is.
1: I actually do. Okay, keep going. Oh, okay.
0: Okay, so he got drafted and played for the Minnesota North Stars.
1: Right, could know,
0: became the Dallas Stars. Who, yeah, yes, exactly.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yep. Um, and then he ended the season with what injury? A torn meniscus.
3: Ooh.
0: B broken ankle.
3: Ooh, bad too.
0: C. Uh, <laughs> I was reading off the other one, and it made no sense. Uh, <laughs> the other ones. The other ones. C is cheese curds. So. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs>
3: That's a that yeah,
0: could that, be. That's a pretty big injury. Let me tell you,
1: if you get some poutine and some cheese curds, then you can really do
3: some damage.
0: Um, <laughs> um a torn meniscus, b broken ankle, c torn Achilles tendon, or d clavicle fracture.
1: E heartbreak. Oh yeah.
0: No? Well, did he, yeah. Get his,
1: did he get his heart broken by some Canadian filly? You know. Oh yeah. Broke his you, heart? Maybe. Um, I'm
0: going to go with C. Ooh, you are good. This <gasps> is Yeah, solid work. I mean, okay. You're batting. You're batting one and one. Right now. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. For the win. Oh, no.
3: Okay. Are you ready? In so,
0: 1977, the off-season of his first year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Murdoch was stopped at the Toronto border where they confiscated what from his oh. person?
1: My gosh. Kinder eggs. Okay, go.
0: A, Uh American hockey pucks. Uh, Okay. B, a quarter pound of weed. C, cheese curds. We already covered that from the last question. Or D, 4.5 grams of cocaine in his socks.
1: Is there an all of the above? Because that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Just like... I'm going balls to the wall. I'm going to it <laughs> all on the way over. I
0: got um, to get all these American say, I'm going to go. With,
1: did he really get pulled over for cheese curds? Because that's actually something that they could.
0: No way, really.
1: Well, because it depends on. Anyway, yeah, depends on the no, kind of cheese. Not. No, depends on the kind of cheese. It okay, co-
0: no. It was cocaine in his socks.
1: Cocaine in his socks.
0: Yeah. Why would you see, man? Yeah, that's well, pretty good. That's he. Had, he had a pretty righteous herb, stash. Yeah. Nice long hair. Anyway. And just I'm a little fun thing. thing.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it it almost has, it has absolutely nothing to do with you.
1: <laughs> I honestly, like, it almost couldn't have less to do with me, but <laughs> I, I know. appreciate the effort. <laughs> well,
0: it's like, your son's interested in this, and you married into this name, so this is I what did, you And,
1: and my Murdoch is Canadian. He was born yeah. and raised in Calgary, but... Um, Not related to that Murdoch.
0: Sure.
3: Their Murdochs are
1: actually from Idaho, but they're potato farmers from Idaho. Oh. As most Idaho people probably.
0: I've had an Idaho potato.
1: Oh, they're delicious. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Have you heard about the potato diet?
1: Oh, what? No.
0: Yeah. So here's the deal. If you want to lose a lot of weight, what you do is you just eat potatoes. It has everything you need to survive. Okay. Um, but the thing is, you can boil them. Uh, don't add salt No right. butter. No, not right. n- anything. You're just eating a dry potato. And you can eat as many of them as you want.
3: huh.
0: But the thing is, nobody wants to eat a lot of potatoes without salt and butter.
1: Yeah, I think I'd rather be fat. I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but people, see, people see some really interesting results. Because they're just like, you know.
1: You don't eat it. You don't eat much of it because you can't stomach it after a while.
0: Yeah, you never overeat.
1: No. My my brother served a mission, a Mormon mission in Idaho, in Burley, Idaho. And he said it was potatoes at every meal. Every time they went to anyone's home to eat, it was potatoes. They would serve potatoes. And one person even like would give them bags of potatoes when they left. And my brother was like, What am I going to do with these? I do not want to see another potato. Like I, and in fact, for I want to say a year or two after he got home from his Mormon mission, he did not want to even eat potatoes. He was like, "I can't look at another one." My dad had the same thing on his Mormon mission, but it was with corn dogs. Oh, because they bought a, they went to a Costco kind of place. Uh There was a closeout of some sort, and so they bought like a fifty-pound bag. I mean, fifty-pound box of corn dogs, and so that's all they ate for all their meals for like months and he to this day will not eat a corn So, no.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't blame either of them.
1: The moral of the story is don't go on a Mormon mission
0: <laughs> to, a,
1: to a place in America. Go somewhere where they have good food. <laughs> yeah,
0: go to not San here. Antonio. Not
1: that you have a choice. Oh my gosh, yeah, The missionaries that, yeah, that came to San Antonio got fed really got well. Food. Yeah, we got, we, we fed them pretty well.
0: Ah, huh. I uh, I've never been on a Mormon missionary mission. What? Yeah, never. Really, never been on a Mormon mission. Well, you know, is that surprising to you? So shocking.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you don't go on a Mormon mission unless you're Mormon. I think that's kind of the thing. But oh. Oh, I mean, okay.
0: you know, I guess that makes sense. Then,
1: if you want to go and talk about God for us, that's cool. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept.
0: <laughs> Do a really poor job of like. <laughs> I don't really know what they believe, but guys, <laughs> I, I, they like it, <laughs> so why not? <laughs>
3: Somebody likes it somewhere. Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nathan, That's too funny. <laughs>
0: um. Well, okay. What's your biggest inspiration outside of your medium? Your medium is photography.
1: It, yeah. I mean,
0: unless you have another medium, I'm super interested in talking about any other medium you have.
1: I I really don't. I've had photography's been my medium of choice since I was very small, very very young. Cool. Um, But honestly, as far as inspiration goes for my life, I mean, I, I'm. Have you ever seen the show Shit's Creek? You ever watch that one?
0: Yes, uh, like an episode.
1: So the mom on there, Moira Rose, mm-hmm. she's pretty much my inspiration for life. <laughs> cool. She's so over the top and yeah. so ridiculous. And I just I feel like her. that's how I want to live. You know, like everybody around me just accepts that it's ridiculous. It's silly. It's, you know, yeah. no, I'm yeah. just joking. I, um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was going to go along with it.
1: Well, I mean, honestly, like if I could be a fictional character, it would absolutely be Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek. hundred percent. I love her. Just love love love. Um I I get a lot of inspiration from things that are natural. I um uh, I would say um for me it's trees and light. So when the tr- when trees and light are together, mm. that's very inspirational for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think I need more inspiration. Like if people want to give me suggestions, I'm always open.
3: Okay.
1: Maybe, maybe that's what I'm lacking in my life. Maybe I need to find that thing.
0: Yeah. Well, at the end of this I'm gonna shout out your Instagram handle, and they're all gonna DM you. DM
1: th- me inspiration. Indeed. Yeah,
0: they're gonna slide into those DMs.
1: Nothing inappropriate.
0: And slippy inspiration. Am,
1: I'm not inspired by anything inappropriate. So don't <laughs> do anything crazy.
0: You know, uh, you mentioned uh, trees and light, and the first thing I thought of was <laughs> had nothing to do with trees, but it had to do with light. <laughs> um, okay. Our our house is built in uh, the 1930s
3: yeah
0: and so it has that old wavy glass yes and around i'm missing it currently Ah, Yeah, i already missed it but it
1: glitters it it glitters at sunset
0: it's so i love it it's the most amazing light ever oh and it just throws onto our wall like every single day and magic yeah so magic so good
1: I just feel like at sunset or yeah, usually it's sunset for me cause I'm not always up for sunrise, but um, that light just, you know, coming through the trees and being all glittery. That's mm. for me, that's the happy place. But, yeah. um, and it's usually at that time that I wish I had a camera with me. If I don't have one, I'm not the person that always has one with me. I should do better about that. Some people are really good about that, but
0: do you have um, a camera? Do you have a camera that, could be on your person. Like you're not going to lug around your six four five,
1: dude. I'm telling you, I have brought that thing to the beach. I have brought that. I mean, it goes. That's my baby. Like that is. I if I could shoot anything for the rest of my life, only one camera. That's what I would do. Um, but maybe not like in my purse all the you know all the time. So it's heavy, yeah. probably. Yeah, I have a GA six four five that I really like. Okay. Um. It's very like to me. It creates very practical photographs. Uh-huh. Like there's nothing about it that's like amazing, blow you away. But it's very practical, and I just love I, them.
0: I think that is the best explanation of the photos that I've seen from GS45. Yeah. it's like
1: what happened It is
0: very okay. <laughs> it's
1: very okay. You know exactly how it happened. It doesn't look any different than what it looks like. I have a couple photos from my. So last year I took my kids on a road trip for three weeks by myself, just me and the kids. We went through Colorado and Utah and um, went into the mountains and hiked a ton and did, but it was amazing. Um, The only camera that I used on that trip was my GA645. Okay. And Portra 160. It was almost. Okay. So I just picked it. Like I was like, I'm just doing one thing. Cause you know, for me, if I bring four cameras, I'm it's my, I don't know if it's like an ADD thing. I don't think I have, maybe I do. I don't know, but I can't ever like focus and do a good job on it. So I I was like one camera, one stock, and there are a couple of them that came, I mean, they all came back practically okay, but there are a couple of them that I'm like, that was, that's a cool photo. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. And one of them I blew up for my house because I really liked it. So nice. You know, sometimes it works and you know, other times it was kind of just like, all right, that's a photo, you know, that just, yeah. which also but,
0: serve their purpose.
1: But my Pentax 645, it will consistently give me photographs that I'm like, that is amazing. Yeah. Might be the modded glass on it too. Like, Probably. Spend a little bit of coin for the, the good stuff. But, yeah. Um, I bought it. I was really smart. I bought that at the height of its cost. <laughs> where it's like most expensive. And it's only gone down from there. So guess what? I get to keep that lens forever because I'll never feel good about selling it. I did get it. I got the copy. uh, Russell um, modded that one. And it's so it's super, super close focus. I mean, like this close, like
0: that's awesome. insane,
1: insane. What did you think? Like two feet or something. I mean, it's something like really, really close.
0: That's good. Yeah. uh, That's what Q4 is for me. I'm, Diving into more camera repair and like modding nice. lenses and things like that, like stuff that I've been interested in.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so that's like part of Q4.
1: The upgrade is Q4. The new and improved Mason. Is that what you're saying?
0: I I'm just for quarter four. Uh
1: huh. Oh, yeah. you're gonna mod the le- mod lens? Maybe is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, I'm like I'm dabbling into camera repair and like modding lenses and things like that. Okay, so just like, I knew about familiar with it.
1: I knew about the first part. I did not know about the second part. That's cool.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. I have no idea what I'm doing.
1: That's okay. That's why it's good.
0: That's a good place to start.
1: the times in our lives when we say, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm doing it anyway, like, that's the magic. Yeah. (laughs) It is.
0: That's this podcast. I have no idea what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, jump in. Have an adventure and enjoy it. The water's fine. Fail if you have to, but like... It's fine.
0: Who cares? Well, the nice thing about this is nobody can tell me not to do it,
1: (laughs) right? And nobody can tell you you're doing it wrong because there's no right way.
0: Exactly. The perfect thing. They can not like it, and that's okay.
1: Right? Sure. That's on them.
0: Who wouldn't like this? Uh, Yeah. Right. So, like, do you just like lay down and stare up? I like. I like this image of you laying down under a tree and staring up into
1: light. So I have to tell you one of the first photographs that I ever took as a child is the canopy of trees with light. And that, there were two photographs I took. One was on the same trip too. Um, My parents, I don't know if I bought a camera or if they gave me a camera. I don't remember that detail. I probably would, that would make the story better. But um, I had a camera that was new to me and took one ten film. I don't know if you remember those little canisters, mm-hmm. that you know, um, those little BB canisters. Um, so I took a photograph of a canopy of trees with light, and I took a photograph of a silhouette of a Ferris wheel um, mm-hmm. against the sunset. And they both turned out like insane. And I went, I was like, "This is it. This is the end. like. This is you know. I'm eight years old, but I know what I'm going to do."
3: Yeah,
1: I had it. I had a little bit of a head start because my my grandfather's brother was a very famous photographer and so he already was like I've already you know I'd already been going to a studio and seeing the celebrity photographs and things that he had done oh. um I asked him for a job that same trip that same summer I asked him I was like wow. can I work here and he was like uh no (laughs) you
3: know you're (laughs) you're eight he said well
1: when you're 16 bring me your portfolio and we'll see what we can do but i did before he died i actually did take his my portfolio to him and had him look at it and um yeah that was such like so embarrassing it was awful
0: who is this famous photographer
1: well so i say famous he was i he was a um really big in the in the um ppa like professional photographers of america he was okay. he was the first he was the first person to be um in ppa like ppa master of photography in the united states and in the uk oh wow His name is don Busey. um okay. he was very popular for um and I, I mean famous is like i said famous is a is an interesting word he was very locally famous he did a lot of he did all the celebrities and all of the um people from his area in Salt Lake City. But um, but people knew him because he would travel around and do PPA conferences and stuff. Cool. Um, he was very famous for his environmental portraits, which are, if you can find them, the problem is is that he was all film and it was all before the days of, you know, like putting your work on the internet. So you can go to his family and they have all of his negatives and they have tons of prints and they have, but but none of it's been digitized uh-huh. and put on the internet. So you can't really find a lot of his stuff, oh, and like, which is so tragic because to me, like he, he, he was a ma- I mean, he was a true master, true, true master, but, um, but like, I think if you Google his name, you can find a couple of, um, environmental portraits that are just the light is just, I mean, he was a master of light, like I said, so nice. So I grew up That's thinking cool. that, you know, if I just pick up a camera, I'll be like him, you know, Yeah. <laughs> it took a little longer to yeah. get there. Well, I mean,
0: it also took him a while too. I'm sure. I'm sure it
1: did. Yeah. But master's on the horizon. I
0: mean, of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. on oh my, my way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Uh. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I, I really think uh, it, if anybody wants to be a master, you totally can. You just have to do it. It's that,
1: it is doing that long enough, doing shooting enough. Yeah. You know, like just practicing and not being afraid of, of anything. And you know, one of the things I think too, that we get really afraid of now is that this idea that whatever we shoot, we have to show. And that holds people back. Like if, if you, if your whole mentality is like, oh, well, I've got to shoot this in the way that will be, look good on Instagram or people will like it or whatever. Like that is holding me back hundred yeah. percent. I mean, you know, so yeah. if you shoot things that you like yourself and are just for you and like one of the most freeing things that I have ever done is gone through the process in the beginning saying, I'm never going to show this to anybody. Mm. Like I'm purposely never going to put this on anything ever anywhere. Maybe yeah. when I die and they, you know, write a book about me. Yeah. Like that's the only place I want it to be seen. I don't want it to be seen any time before then. Yeah. Um, I and I was I was a gentle reader, I'm joking about the book, like just FYI. I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 you care book
0: about me.
1: But anyway, you my point know is that. hoping that hoping that it's never seen until I'm dead.
0: The photo psychic What's that? <laughs> that's the book title. The photo psychic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ooh, i like it um but so yeah just getting you know just shooting something that you're it's it's not for anybody it's not for a client it's not for you know series it's not for anybody but just you and that will further work more than anything else i think because we get so wrapped up in at least i do maybe not everybody else does but i get so wrapped up in this idea of like does it fit in my feed does it you know, I mean, and I'm really anal about my feed. So that could be part of it too. Yeah.
0: Not yeah. Good. I'm sorry.
1: No, it's fine. It just, I, I have a perfection issue that oh. I want the three photos in the row to fit together and, you know, look good together and have similar colors. And so oh. I way overthink what I post, which means that I don't post a lot because I'm ah. too in my own head about it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I f- yeah. I feel that. I, yeah. But yeah, lately I've just been not caring and just here's some stuff.
1: I think that's when it gets good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, think that, I think that it holds you back when you're too serious about it. So,
0: well, and I've, I've even gone as far as like whenever I'm out shooting, I will have the thought of like so and so is going to hate. This, like, I'll frame it and I'm like, this is like boring, or you know, according to so and so, this is not good, right? And so, I won't take the photo. Then well,
1: and I totally relate to that for me personally. It gets even like sadder because a lot of times I won't take pictures of my own kids because it's oh, not no. up to the level of perfection. So, my own family is severely underdocumented, which is something that I regret. I wish it were, I wish I could switch it off in my brain but there's there's this feeling of um the imperfection is too like I think I think like there's sometimes in a way a feeling of like I'm gonna post pictures of my family and people are gonna be like oh there's the real you know it goes back to being false like I feel like if I try to do too many things that look perfect that I'm being false about it. I, it's, mm. I have a ton of hangups about personal work, like tons that I have mm. to go through. That's fine.
0: I mean, but, you know, but, but it's also personal. So like, you don't have to show anybody.
1: No. And it's not even, it's, it's more about me. You know what I mean? It's more about me looking at it and, and, or, um, but it, you know, the hard part is that knowing that a lot of the photographs that my kids will have in the future will be more curated than they need it to be, which is yeah. not, what i what i really want so
3: yeah.
1: getting better and doing better about it but it's i'm not one of those people that that is really great with personal work i you know it's, it's a struggle it's harder for me than it is for some people i think mm. i mean some people like you who just it's so good and it's so great and it you know
0: yeah it, i it's just it's become a thing like i i probably take half a roll at least a day
1: i love that i think that's super important
0: it's expensive
1: it does get expensive. <laughs> but it's but so worth it. It's, it's so it is, it is. Where else is. would you rather spend your money? You know what I mean? It's not, not, not the, I mean, spend your photo money, like of, uh, you know, abandoned buildings or, you know, cool cars. Like, no, you want pictures of your family. That's important yeah. in the end.
0: Totally. So. Yeah. And, and like, I've always been a very strong proponent of, like, I want to document not just the pretty things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, always having real, realness in there. Mm-hmm. But then, it, but then it also like comes back to because I'm like friends with the lab, uh, the fine lab that I use. Um, I'm just like, Ugh. hope they're not like
3: looking at I these like eat that. Feel what like a
0: I'm terrible like... parent! <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling Take you, a picture of so your so kid so crying.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably love the ones of the kids crying. For me, it's like you know. I I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I I think that I'm always worried about what the scanner on the other end is like. This, is, this is some crap. You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I think they're all nice people that won't. They have,
1: are all nice people, but I have all inside. My, they're all like, come gather around the scanner and see the track.
3: Look, look <laughs> how awful it is. A canvas the worst. <laughs> You've never seen anything worse. She's <laughs> so dumb yeah
1: i've been to the lab i know that's what they're doing i know it no i'm
0: just yeah joking. like the moment you walk in oh, she's here she's, <laughs> Hide
1: here. It. she's the one <laughs> there's like a wall of shame and it's just only my photographs <laughs> on the wall
0: <laughs> don't be like her
3: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh gosh no
0: absolutely not do you have a big uh, I went right into that one. Look at me. Good host. Uh, do you have yeah. a, a big big picture or goal with your photography?
1: You know, honestly, for me, the goal of my work, when I'm talking about, you know, we were just talking about family stuff, but if I'm talking about professionally, um, my goal is always the same. It's not really about me or my growth as like as a business, I'm not super interested in having a huge business. Um, for me, it's just providing photographs that people love of their kids and their families. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like that makes me, when I get a, you know, an email or a text or whatever, after people have gotten their photo ba- photos back, and if they love them and, you know, they'll say things like, that's the first photograph I've ever seen of my son that looks like him. Like I know him like that to me, that's all I want. Yeah. All I, want. I don't, I don't care about how much money I'm making or how much, you know, how many people are on my Instagram. Like, I don't care. I don't care yeah, about too. any of that. I would, I would love it if I could do that for more people. Sure. Um, you know, that would be my goal. But the thing of it too, is that, um, like the camera for me is just a like a tool. It's the camera and the photographs are the least important thing about what I do.
3: Mm. For
1: me, it's about the connection to the people and showing them what they love and what's good about life. Like that's, that's all I care about. So you know, if that leads to more things, that's great. Someday I'd like to think that I'll have something good enough to say that I could be on a, on a stage cause I'd love to teach and I love to public speak. So that would be that would that if something like that happened, that would be where I would know I have, I have done everything I've wanted to do. Yeah. Um,
0: well, you know. okay. What would you like to speak about?
1: See, that's the thing. I don't do anything really well or know anything better than anyone else. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, this is, I've I've talked about this with so many mentors of mine because I said, I don't feel like I understand when the point is that someone says, I now am going to promote myself as a speaker on this. Like, when do you feel like I'm good enough for that? Because I'm, you know, like I'm super talented at certain things, but none of it translates into you know, a keynote address. Does that make sense? Sure. So, um, I mean like I, am you know, super talented at failing and standing back up. Like that's one of my biggest accomplishments, you know? Yeah. Failing.
0: Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Become an expert at failing. That's good. I'm an expert at failing. Let me show you. Yeah.
1: No, but I mean, I guess my point is that I just never understand when people are like, now I'm ready because I, have
0: I don't think people are like that
1: probably not, but I think I would feel like I would need to be. That's not hang
0: up. Nah. No. Yeah. I I think well, I'm not telling you what to do.
1: Oh, please do because honestly at this point in my life I just need people to tell me what to do. I'll do it. <laughs> just tell me. No, I
0: I think you have a very unique way of um like diving into people's photographs. Yeah. And I, I haven't had I've had a lot of people talk to me about my work, um, but none so like astutely like like so precise um, that
1: makes sense. yeah yeah
0: and, and and developed the way that i'm like thinking about my work like i said, like I, I thought about that for like at least four days mm-hmm. uh, and I was driving a lot, so I had like.
3: That's right. All you remember her. To just, That's yeah.
0: Right. All the time to just like be in my head. <laughs> um, but I think having, having something to talk about, like voice and, you know, clarity and things like that, I, th- I feel mm-hmm. like you're very, very good at. It. So.
3: Well, I appreciate that.
0: I think there's. Maybe someday. Give me, give me
1: 10 or 20 years, you know, I'll get there.
0: Yeah. I'll give you five.
1: Okay. Well, you can give me five too. That'll work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and I'll put in a good word for you. You want to, you want to speak at um, WPPI? Is that a thing?
1: No, that's too small of a stage. Okay. I want the the world. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. You want to do like a Ted talk?
1: Um, No, I just want to, I want to be, um, let's just shoot right for like, I don't know, the PR person for the president of the United States. Like that would be okay. okay. Well,
3: no, I don't have any
1: aspirations. Honestly, I don't have any aspirations beyond like, I don't have it. I, no, nothing is specific. I really don't. I I really don't. I
0: I, I was just trying to be encouraging. I think that you can, you can can definitely do anything that you set your heart to. (laughs)
3: Oh, Nathan,
1: I'm going to put that on my fridge. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, You can, you can like, (laughs) <laughs> I read it in my, in my mom's bathroom.
1: Yeah, right, was, right, right. yeah. Was it like crocheted <laughs> on the wall, like with yeah? The, it was calligraphy.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So right next to the so sign good. said, "If you tinkle when you sprinkle, be a sweetie. Wipe the seedy." <laughs> That's one of my most favorites
3: to come
1: across <laughs> in like a, like a public like a <laughs> so like a bed and breakfast or something like you yeah. know. Oh my yeah. gosh.
0: <laughs> Literally a sign that my mom had in her bathroom.
1: I love it. She's smart. She had boys. She has... You have, like... Yeah, I would do it. Necessity.
0: Yeah, there was a sign talking about it.
1: The problem <laughs> is, is that my boys would be like, um, the caveat is that you want to be a sweetie, which, no, I do not. I'm not uh, interested.
0: Yeah. No, mom.
1: No, mom. I don't want to be sweet. Yeah. What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I...
0: I didn't wipe the seat all the time. <laughs> Let's be real.
1: Really, partially sweet. I got
0: it. <laughs> yeah, bittersweet. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you have an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love?
1: I totally do. So, I I told you before I have a strong affinity for Phil Collins. I love Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. Like that was my first. Like um, that was my first cassette. And that was my first CD. I bought a James Taylor and a Phil Collins CD. Hmm. Like, that's how cool I was at 12 when I got that's my first so CD. Good.
0: That's so good. Yeah. Wow.
1: Well, so I still, to this day, am obsessed. So one of the things, So this is so embarrassing, but one of the things that I, so first of all, what's embarrassing is that I still use Pandora. I have not made the switch to Spotify because I am, I know it's 1983 over here. Anyway, so... <laughs> I have Pandora Station that's a tried and true Phil Collins Pandora Station, and I listen to it every morning.
0: You don't get off of this Pandora Station because you have heavily curated
1: it. I have invested. I I know people like you. Hey, so I haven't done anything to it, but they know me. I think they listen. Something's happened. Okay. But they know me. So here's the deal. If a Phil Collins song or... Wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. You listen what? to it every day?
1: Every morning when I'm in the shower. <laughs> so good. Okay. It's getting, it's going to get better.
0: Okay. So okay.
1: if, oh my gosh, I cannot even believe I'm telling you. Like nobody knows this. Not even my husband knows this. Ooh. It does a now. Phil Collins song or a Steve Winwood st- song comes on first. Yes. First in the, like when I turn it on and it comes on first, if it's Steve Winwood or Phil Collins, it's going to be a really good day. Oh, but if it's anybody else, they try and throw some sting or I don't know, Rod Stewart it? sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, nope, worst no, day ever. No,
3: no. Yeah. It's, I'm it's, telling
1: it's, you. And so probably four or five days out of the week, it's Steve
0: Winwood or Phil Collins first. So Steve Winwood is um what is it?
1: Um like if, if you it is some- he yeah. yeah. Higher Love is my number one Steve Winwood song. So if yeah. that comes on, then I'm that's like that day is golden like that
0: oh, and then and then what is it phil collins phil collins is is it phil collins or peter gabriel that's um in your eyes
2: that's peter, gabriel.
0: That's peter gabriel okay it's a good song but oh so good and then the oh, little oh dance that they do that little jig that they do in the song I but it is a very know. good song phil collins um also a drummer like peter gabriel um yeah.
3: which is so good they're so good I like this. So <laughs> when
0: did this start?
1: Oh my gosh. So this is like going on like 3 years of listening <laughs> to the <Kandora laughs> oh, station. Amazing.
0: You you I'm telling a you like shower every day.
1: <laughs> I do take a shower every day. Okay. Yeah, that's the first probably weird thing, but well, um, I mean, I like-
0: it's it's not for most Americans. It, okay. It's okay. weird for me, but Yeah. You know, well, I I'm, yeah. I'm a gross hippie, so
1: from Austin. I mean, it's so yeah, typical.
0: Real cu- crunchy. And now I have a mustache. What's happening to oh. me? Oh. Yeah. It's <sighs> the worst.
1: I don't know what's happening to you. You live in a bus? Like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. You <laughs> we don't live in a bus. We live under the bus. But right. anyway, so.
0: So about I, three years you've been doing this.
1: Uh-huh. Every day. And I, it literally will set the tone for the day. Okay. Like, some days I'm like, oh, Rod Stewart Like bad day, go back to bed.
0: Rod Stewart.
1: I don't understand why they see. Here's the thing about Pandora. They think that that's the same as Phil Collins. What is wrong? No, it's not. It's
0: not at all. Steve, Mm -hmm. I will. I will grant them Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood. Very very similar. Peter Gabriel also very Mm -hmm. close to Phil Collins. Yeah, but you know,
1: wake up,
0: Maggie. Is not at all what you want to hear.
1: Not not ever, but definitely not in the shower. (laughs)
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I have that one, and I just started, I have I have branched out, so now there's a Cat Stevens Pandora.. Ooh, oh, that
0: I what a wild world. So
1: good. So good. But I got my record player, and yes. I still don't have a Phil Collins record, and it's okay. making me very sad. Okay. I've got a <laughs> find one. I just haven't I haven't looked that hard, but I also didn't want to pay 30 bucks for anyone, so
0: Sure. Yeah, you can definitely find one. Do you have a James Taylor? Yes, you do. No, not yet. Because I only want
1: the I only want the white cover greatest hits of James Taylor.
0: Oh, I think I have that one
1: as a record. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the first thing I'll steal when I come over.
3: Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on the
1: list.
0: Um, my my mom, uh, was a huge James Taylor fan. Yeah. Um, and therefore I am. Um, and her like little nickname for me was uh, sweet baby James. Ah. <gasps> middle name's. Middle name is James.
3: I love that.
0: Yeah.
1: So sweet. It's so sweet, it is so sweet little Mason. Little sweet baby James. <laughs> yeah. No, James Taylor, man. He's a he's a whole vibe. He's a whole thing. Yeah, he is. And there's something I don't like of his, but it's fine.
0: Like the heroin that he did?
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. I haven't, I haven't tried that particularly.
0: You, oh. No, I'm well, just you saying. You know about the heroin. I know
1: about all the things, but okay. it's, you know, yeah. I just, saying I haven't
0: tried it particularly. Oh, okay. Deadly. I think, well, I think the problem with heroin is most people love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's I why that's I don't do weird.
1: anything. Yeah, that's yeah. because I know I'll love it. Yeah. But there's nothing about anything that's nothing.
0: There. <laughs> anyway, my, <laughs> yeah. Anything that's nothing is like I'm going to, yes.
1: <laughs> it, yes. <laughs> I just know myself well enough to know that like if I ever tried anything, you would never hear from me again. Like oh. that's all, because I'm just, you know, I'm Unless waiting. For selling it. you some Coke. Yeah, you can, we, know, we, I you won't know. even try it, man. i like, I cannot try a single thing because yeah, I just know man. that I, I will that. abandon my world.
3: Yeah. So yeah. I drink I Diet that.
1: Coke like it's a drug because yeah. it is. But that's <laughs> sure, that's sure. that's what I'll do. And yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Man. Okay. Well, man, where were we? I had something. Oh
1: my gosh, I don't know. Phil Collins, Steve Winwood.
0: Rod Stewart, drugs. James Taylor. James Taylor. That was the thing. Okay. It it blows my mind. I completely resonate with that. Like, I, for the longest time, so I grew up, my dad was an alcoholic. And so I grew up like, uh, assuming that I had that same gene and like, like, just like, well, I can't, I can't do that, any of that. And I can't do any of the things because I will, I have that addiction gene or whatever. Um, and as a seven, I sh- really should have this addiction gene, um, yeah. which, you know, but so far so good. Um.
1: So far, <laughs> well, it's uh, kind of like the same advice I have for um, parenting is the same advice I have for drugs, like, and drinking or whatever, but like, don't do anything once that you don't want to do every day for the rest of your life. Like once, cause some people, once you, You know, but with parenting, it's the same thing. Don't do anything once with your kids that you like, you know, as a special fun thing because they will ask you and bug you for the rest of your life. Like,
0: (laughs) you you let them hear Baby Shark one time.
1: One time, dude. It's over.
0: I, here's the thing I've never played that song for my children. I did. Who do you have to call? I have no idea who did, but they are requesting it. Mm. And I refuse to play play it for them,
1: well, see here's I try a
0: hard line in this.
1: Your kids are at a disadvantage because you already are like super into music, so that just yes. that offends every sensibility you you have like there's no possibility yeah. that you would say, "Yes, let's play that in my bus. Yes.
0: I, I will let them play, let it go because our, our,
3: cool. yeah. our
0: foster boys came, and that's like one of their favorite songs, so Aww. I let it slide <laughs> but <laughs> I had never heard that song, ever. Yeah, yeah. It is so bad. It's so bad. But people praise it like it's like like uh, um, it's as good as mu- the Mulan soundtrack or something. I'm
3: telling you like, that
1: Baby Shark and Ariana Grande; those are the two things in our society that I think <laughs> I don't understand. You yeah. know?
3: Like, yes.
1: Why are you thinking that's something to put in your
0: ears? Ew. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me um
3: yeah.
0: back back on to james taylor though yeah he always i'm always amazed because there's like the kind of person that looks like he does heroin and sure. then there's james taylor
1: i know who looks like he's your dad's friend right the, yeah like-
0: yeah he like comes over drinks a couple of cores with your dad
1: sure yeah, yeah in a koozie because he doesn't want to, you know, he's crazy like
0: that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and he looked like that from like the time he was like 18 years old. I mean, the first time he started music, he looked like somebody's dad, you know, he never had the look of a young guy. So yeah, I don't know, man.
0: Very strange.
1: I blame Carol. That's That's what I blame.
0: You blame the heroine?
1: No, I blame Carol King. I don't know. She seems like a troublemaker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Carol
1: King. Carol <laughs> King. Just like don't like her music. It's fine. She's the okay. problem.
0: <laughs> We're gonna talk more about Phil Collins. What is what's your um your top let's just do top two. Top two Phil Collins tracks. Oh no. Okay. Um
1: I really like Separate Lives, which is like the cheesiest eighties love ballad. Mm-hmm. and duet and it's so like i don't know why maybe it just like resonates like i don't know maybe it was some maybe my mom and dad listened i mean like who knows you know like there's yeah. something about it that, but i love um i mean how can you not say the guitar i mean the drum solo i mean how can you you know sure And i, I mean that's a thing the whole yeah. um so do you know what i actually really love the most about phil, phil collins's over his whole career is actually the Tarzan soundtrack. drug. Like,
0: Ooh. you know
1: that he did that. So he did the <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's I mean, it's not did, traditionally. Did,
0: for those that don't know, <laughs> you and I both know. Uh, but he did the cartoon. The cartoon. Like, the, the mm-hmm. cartoon Disney. What is this mid nineties?
1: It was little, yeah. Uh-huh, I think it was like ninety four, ninety five ish, yeah. something like yeah. that, right?
0: Yeah. 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 It was yeah. a good Tarzan.
1: Yeah, it was, and it, just the soundtrack was so good, so so good.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't. Oh man, that's that's like choosing between my children. I mean, I definitely have favorites, but like, do I want to save on a
0: podcast? Yeah, you don't want to. You got a safe face.
1: I like them all. All the Phil Collinses. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what what album I love the most though is actually his um, live album oh, uh-huh. that was one of the first like it so all I remember about what I had when I was a girl was um, was the CD had um, a carousel on the front of it because that was like what he like his stage looked like a carousel
0: oh interesting and that and that's what prompted you to buy it as a girl?
1: I don't think so no, I think no. I loved it because my mom and my mom and dad listened to it I mean oh, in the but... same vein like I love bread you know my parents love bread you know, like there's just a few or like um
0: Bread Bread is a an English band.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or not, like REO C Wagon or yeah. yeah. I, know. I love gluten because <laughs> my parents love gluten. <laughs> 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 no, bread the bands, Bread. Yeah. They were they're super into you that's,
0: know that's cool. Yeah. Huh. Um Lily Collins. Yes. Looks a lot like her dad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else. People do. Some people do look like <laughs> yeah. they're bad. No? yeah. Well, I just yeah.
1: I haven't I don't seen know. Phil Collins in a while. Okay. Um, it's like out and about. I hope he's fine. Much love to yeah, Phil I'm Collins. Sure
0: he, yeah, I'm sure he's doing good. He's listening.
1: He's listening right he, now.
0: He's my one subscriber. <laughs> you
1: even imagine? Oh my gosh.
0: How great would that be?
1: Oh, I can't even imagine then, how I was like. like Oh. Too much, <laughs> too much good.
3: <laughs>
1: if, if you could get him and Sean Connery as your two, like because like for some reason I must have gone through like an old man phase when I was a teenager. Yeah. Because I was in love with Sean Connery.
0: Yeah, we're talking to Sean. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sure. Whoa Sean Connery. You're as old as dirt, but I love you. Yeah, he is. Uh,
0: sure. I would. I'll get any any celebrity that uh, Jeff Bridges. Films, Pinlon. Oh, yeah. okay. okay, I love Jeff Bridges. I do too. <laughs> um Okay. So good. Here we go. This I'm is, ready. This is the big one. In the Jeez. last five years, what uh-huh. new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life?
1: Okay, so here's the thing. You and I have had some real deep stuff. Like this is a deep one. Um oh, we can make fart jokes after this that's fine. Good. Cause I need to laugh a little more, but so I haven't hit my laugh quota on this podcast yet. Okay. No. Uh, so for me, actually the thing that really changed my life was studying Brene Brown and she talks a lot about vulnerability and there was just so much about what she has, has talked about and, um, brought into the social fabric, um, that resonated with me. And so that like the idea of an emotion not being a bad thing because I was raised that there are good emotions and bad emotions. Right. But Mm -hmm. the vulnerability and sitting in a sitting in an emotion that is uncomfortable Mm. has been a lot of work for me. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the vulnerability work from Brene Brown has really changed my life. It's helped me to set up really healthy boundaries with people learn to say no a lot more, which I used to, I mean, I'm a two, you don't say no to nobody, you know, Because if you say yes, they might be your friend or they might, you know, like you.
0: More. Yeah. Thanks for doing this podcast, by the way.
1: <laughs> so, but you know what I mean? I, and I didn't say yes because I'm a two, just FYI. But um, but I do expect that we're best friends now.
0: Yes. So. And yeah. So, nice.
1: <laughs> so, but the, just the idea of like healthy boundaries, setting up
3: things that, you know, setting up. um. I don't want to, well, anyway, setting up a framework that,
1: that works for me and isn't just all about what other people need has mm. been here. and that may be a, a product of being in my thirties too. Like I feel like in my twenties, all I wanted to do was help other people and be, you know, be there for other people. And I realized like how many times people ditched out the moment that I needed something or I need, yeah. you know, and so that's, that was a huge lesson i had a couple in a row a couple experiences with people that i was really really close to that um just when it wasn't convenient anymore they just ditched out you know and so that was huge for me to learn from and learn how to set up more healthy boundaries So yeah.
0: that's good i don't know much about bernie brown really mm-hmm. so
1: she's I mean, I would call her the vulnerability expert. I think that's what she calls herself. Like that's, she talks a lot about vulnerability and, um, just the willingness to be uncomfortable in our relationships. Cause I think a lot of times what happens is when people feel badly in a relationship, um, particularly in a marriage where something has hurt you, something has offended you, something has, you know, whatever, um, we most of us kind of retreat. We either fight or flight, right? So we either make it worse by being aggressive. Or we make it worse by pulling away. And so, what I learned from her a lot was just sitting in those, you know, moments and and being able to calmly express what, you know, how that made you feel or what how it affected you, but not expecting, um, or not putting up a wall. So like being really open and honest about about things, which I think for a long time I was open and honest. About um, experiences in in my relationships that um that were good, and then when things were bad, I would just kind of shut down. Mm. you know or I the other thing too is that you know, blaming someone else for everything never really works either. you know, thinking it's all the other person's fault. So having the vulnerability to also be looking at yourself and what you can do to improve is
3: huge. Yeah.
1: But, you know, like I said, I think, I think a lot of that is just a product of being in my thirties too, and just getting older and feeling like I don't have as much to prove. I don't feel like I need to prove anything. Um, I also don't feel like I have to, um, you know, please everybody like I used to.
0: Isn't that so freeing?
1: It is incredibly freeing.
0: Like. Yeah. um, My wife's sister. Mm -hmm. She's. Nineteen, eighteen, nineteen. 18, mm-hmm. 19. Um, and like, that wasn't too long ago. I'm 30. My wife's 30. Yeah. Almost 32. And so we're like, we feel like we can kind of relate and like, understand, like, mm-hmm. I know how awful that time is. Cause you're, is tough. and she just won't acknowledge it. Like, right. she's like, But, like, no, I know, I know that (laughs) that you are like dumpster fire inside. I know this because we all are.
3: And you're trying to connect
0: with other dumpster fires, like,
1: (laughs) you know, like, and have a meaningful experience, but everybody's burning. Yeah. Uh Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) it's just, yeah, it's so freeing whenever you finally get past that moment of, caring about what other people think about you and then just giving yourself the freedom to go, this is who I am. Yeah. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. Right. But I'm not changing for you. Right. And that's so awesome.
1: It, it really is. And I think that's the point when people, I mean, that's, that's a, that's kind of a facet of that vulnerability, right? I mean, where you can say, you know, this is the true me, not just this is the me that I think you want me to be. So. um yeah but man that's a hard road (laughs) it's so hard to get there sometimes and for some people they never get there like you know I'm sure there Mm -hmm. are people that die of old age that are still not able to do that yes generations and generations and generations of people behind us yeah and that's another thing too is I think um our our online internet culture has allowed us to connect to people like Brene Brown, for example, someone that maybe I would have never heard ever heard from 30, 40, 50 years ago if I had lived in that time um, yeah. where, you know, now I can have, you know, access to, to that intelligence that I wouldn't have known otherwise. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also I, I, I feel like it's shifting the culture too. So um, yeah. just having longer conversations like this, Mm-hmm. on a platform where a lot of people can listen or yeah. or 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 just you know social media in general as much as I hate social media I think it has done honestly a good thing in in giving us more authenticity um more openness about like mental health and things like this whereas like sure. my grandparents like they got some serious skeletons in the closet for sure like right I right. you know, I don't know them, but I know for a fact, a hundred percent they definitely have'em, like you know you don't well, and serve they serve in the Korean War and not have and not some a yeah, yeah, which is what my grandpa told me, I like, oh, I never smoked a single cigarette, never, never had any booze ever never looked at a never looked at a woman, but your grandma
1: never yeah. saw another woman, never <laughs> knew yeah. there was even another woman in existence, That's like yeah, I know, word. and I think. I think the thing too is that what it's given us is a connection to other people that allows us to feel like, okay, yeah, there's at least one other person that knows what I'm going through or how I'm feeling. Um, whereas back in the day, if you, you know, if you dared to even speak about it to someone else, um, and they didn't resonate with what you were talking about, you know,
0: I don't don't want this. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And particularly, you know, I think about, you know, for women, especially where, you know, they're only, basically point of contact were each other and there was you know probably competition there, like there's always been with women but the other point of contact is their husband who didn't understand anything of what they were talking about so you know we've been able to connect um with people that are like us and that's huge it's huge to to hear that someone else knows what you're going through yeah so whether it's good or bad you know i mean it's always nice to know that there are other people that have good things too Sure. And that collective good grows when you, when you know about it. So yes, yeah. Share our wins too, not just our bad things. But
0: yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll have to I'll have to check her out. Um, that sounds. I like vulnerability. I like being quite open and like honestly. A lot of the times on this podcast, I have to edit a lot of things out because that with my guests, I'm just like here's all of this stuff. <laughs> <I'm> like, well, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say these things. So I. I um,
1: she is a Texan. So there's that going for her. Okay. I think she's from Houston. I think well, she was born. Howdy. I know, right? Howdy y'all. Give you some sweet tea and have a conversation about vulnerability. Yeah. No, she, she's really fantastic. I mean, I think, I think, down, anybody huh? can learn. yeah, there's lots to learn.
0: So. Yeah. Well, Houston, Houston's a different kind of Texan, too.
1: Let's not get into that. Mob.
0: <laughs> no, um, I'm just
1: kidding. Yeah. We used to, I remember growing up in San Antonio and like how we felt about Houston. I try to be a little less like that because now I live in Dallas. Now it's even worse. Yeah, it's you know, like,
0: the worst. You're in the pit of hell.
1: The pit of hell.
0: I mean, but, according to Austinites.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, Austin and Dallas could, like, the, the culture could not be more different. I
0: don't oh, think yeah. even yeah. if they tried, they couldn't be more different, so yeah <laughs> it's fine, it's fine, we're <laughs> all fine. fine, yeah, everything's good uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a um I know you're a big fan of photography, yeah, so do you study past masters much
1: um I would say of out of a random sampling of people i probably know less than most photographers because i wasn't like i didn't go to school for photography so i didn't i wasn't forced to learn it. you know whatever i've learned has been um so yes i there are i have some favorites but i don't um i wouldn't say that i know
0: everyone that there's a lot of them there's, there's a lot you of know everybody
1: well i mean yeah but you know what i mean like people there's there's always a point where people will say something and i'm like oh i actually really like what I see, but I didn't know about that person.
0: So. Oh, okay, sure. So that makes sense. that's
1: yes. happening all the time to me. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, uh, what's some of your favorites? I won't. Uh,
1: you know, my favorite past master is Philippe Hausman. Do you know Ooh. Philippe Hausman? I do not. Okay, so like, I think that's probably my favorite. Um, and I really like uh, Fan Ho. So good. La-ha. So so good. Gordon Parks is another one I really mm-hmm. really like a lot, and Rodney Smith, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And those are my those are my pinnacles. What What was the first one again? Um, Philippe Hausman.
0: Philippe Hausman. So what, yeah, what a, was his main subject? Um, movies?
1: celebrities. So he oh. did he did a bunch of photographs of um, Salvador Dali. Oh,
3: cool.
1: And cool. he photo. I mean, I don't know that it was all all celebrities, but most of his famous work is celebrities, but. They're all, almost all jumping. So he did like a series of Salvador Dali where um, they would throw water onto the set. And so he'd like be trying to catch it in a teacup and then they'd throw a cat and like...
0: Oh, okay. I've seen this. Yes. I think
1: you've seen that probably. Yes. Yeah. Very, the very big, The big, big yes. long
0: um, yes. okay. mustache. Yeah. I didn't know that. His, yeah.
1: yeah. So if you look up his work, like it's... Some of it is just so good. Hmm. So like... I think what I like about it is it's so lighthearted, which I always want to be lighthearted in my photography. Um, and really just a little silly. Like I love a dose of silly. Like I love when Rodney Smith gets a little silly, you know, like, um, anyway, so yeah. Yeah. And then of course the other end of it's like Gordon parks. It's like nothing but serious, but I love that. He also kind of has a wink. Like I feel like Gordon parks had like a, you know, a little, a little wink at silly, but not, um, he's not, um, quite
0: as lighthearted, you know, right. a little heavier. But. Yeah. Ah, I like yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, it never fails. Um, cause I, I, I look at past master stuff probably at, at least like once or twice a week uh-huh. I, because I like, I know if I am consuming Instagram, I'm going to produce Instagram photos Amen to that. So I try to consume as much. um, Mm -hmm. You know, I really don't get on Instagram. I I post on Instagram and then I get off. I don't really interact too much. Go back and forth. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But with with Pastmasters, like I'm always trying to find different ones or new ones or like, you know, even older Mm -hmm. ones, you know, just going all around. And it never fails. Like there's always more. It's amazing how many killer photographers yeah. were out there. Yeah. Um, and then also like being able to watch YouTube of like uh, Gary Winogrand
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, on the street or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, um, you know, I think his work is interesting. It's not necessarily like, well, I don't know. It is interesting and good definitely it's not
1: not mind-blowing but the process is always interesting to watch i think you're right
0: yeah he (laughs) was so fast i've never seen anyone like use a camera as fast as that guy does
1: interesting
0: like so quick with a leica
1: i think i'd have to be super fast if i ever did street photography because my self-consciousness would make me like i couldn't (laughs) sit there and be like (laughs) and like every
0: one of them's blurry (laughs) because like I was a little too fast you know and maybe that's your style his (laughs) were all like cocked to the side oh that's interesting yeah I didn't care at all yeah
1: well and that's you know that's an interesting point because I think a lot of them we revere them as these amazing grandmaster photographers right but they weren't producing and to be that they were just producing to do what they enjoyed and you know and I mean, you know, you hear every once in a while about someone who has a body of work that no one has ever seen. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, it's not just Vivian, but a lot of people have had, have never seen, been seen until they were already passed away. So, yeah, um, because I think that, like I, like I feel maybe some of them feel the same way that the camera is just a tool, the photographs are just a tool to the connection right. of the moment. Because yep. without it, I mean, I feel like, if you didn't have those moments of connection, the photographs would be completely meaningless. Like, why would I, there's no meaning in those photographs unless there's an emotion and a, and a connection.
3: Yeah. Type it, so. Yeah. Exactly what they were, they were after. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Also, I think, I mean, at least like Brisson or like, um, Winogrand, whenever he died, there was thousands mm-hmm. of roles undeveloped from his work like it's just like yeah, thousands yeah. thousands
3: who was that i can't remember
1: i want to say um oh shoot it was not that long ago that there was a photographer that they found he had he never spent money on developing he only ever spent money on buying in the film right so he had never developed a single <laughs> role and then they had them all developed, and they were incredible. I'm trying to remember. I feel like it was in the 1950s, 1960s, in like a um, more um, lower-income African American community. I'm trying to remember. Anyways, is- he talked about how he was so like, I mean, he 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 wrote about it. I mean, like it was known that he talked about how he was so poor that he could only afford to buy the film, but he could never afford. He never developed it. And he never wanted to take less pictures and develop them. He wanted to take more pictures and not ever develop them. <laughs> like what thought process? I I just feel like that's incredible to me. And they and I mean some of them were just mind-blowingly good.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. Like that that is truly shooting for yourself because you know whenever you have a good one. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. we've all had that moment where we take a shot and we're like, like. That was great. <laughs> when when the shutter goes, a lot of times I'll close my eyes as well. So it's like the last image that I see.
3: I love that.
0: And it's um, such a
1: romantic view of photography. <laughs> I love that. I savor it with my eyes
3: closed. <laughs> yeah.
0: But but and it, it's the good ones that I can like I can play back. Because I oh I God. also took a photo with my mind, you know? Right. And and like I like that guy that was just like, I'm just taking photos out here. But yeah. like, nobody's ever going to see him. Not even <laughs> me.
1: You know, but that's not even him. Like he didn't ever see the finished work, which I right, think is but, fascinating because to me, like, you know, even to you deny process. your own self that, I don't know. Yeah. I think I, I had some, that's certainly a, his own thing. That might,
0: that might be a fun little exercise though. Like shoot just personal work for uh-huh. a month. Yeah. Two months. Depending on how much you shoot. Yeah. <laughs> for a year and keep it for
1: a year and not develop it till it's been a year since you shot it.
0: Oh, man.
3: Like
1: Some people do that on accident because they you know, forget roles or whatever. <laughs> I had a role recently that came back. So my son, Nathan, is 17. Mm-hmm. I sent a role in that I had randomly found and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be any good. He was four, three or four years old on the roll of film. What? Yeah. Because I had a like I, I told you I had a film <laughs> camera when he was when he was a baby that was digital wasn't even still a thing like wasn't oh a thing. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, yeah. It had just been sitting in a it was in a um like in a plastic bin, just storage bin that we with some other things. And I was like, what is this role? And I thought that maybe it was new, like I thought it was within the last four years. So I just sent it, in, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to. I don't know how I shot it or whatever. And it came back with pictures of him as a little guy. It was so <laughs> fun.
0: It was so fun, though. I bet. I bet that was like the, the like winning the lottery.
1: It'll, yeah, a little less, but close, close, close. Well, like, like
0: a <laughs> low-level lottery.
1: So I'll tell you that the flip side of that was that when my grandfather passed away, my grandmother gave me his camera and it still had a roll of film in it. Uh, and so I sent that in to be developed, hoping that I would find like some unicorn gorgeous wonderfulness. And it was all ruined. Like there wasn't a single, uh, I could tell what's happening. It's from our last family reunion as the, as the whole family. And we were playing volleyball and I, so you can kind of tell we're playing volleyball. I can tell who's in the picture kind of by like their, you know, body silhouette, but sure, it was sure, all ruined. Yeah. I was like, ah, uh. <laughs> so sad.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. That's
0: fine. Wow. I still have a camera, so. <laughs> I I have a similar thing. Um, mine wasn't. I wasn't looking for like gems. I was like really nervous to get the role developed because I was like, I don't know what this gross man had on his.
3: Oh shoot! You know,
0: <laughs> so, but luckily it was just like pictures of his shoes. He wasn't very, very, very good. Very lucky. <laughs> very very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I was like very like. Oh, shoot. I don't want to see what's on here, but I need to
2: explain it.
1: You guys played it to the fine lab. You're like, <laughs> ah, yeah. uh, sorry.
0: No, I think I sent it somewhere else because I was like nervous.
1: Send it where nobody knows your name.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> I think I mean that is a real thing. Yeah. That, um I <laughs> we we've both gotten Chris Kale um yeah. do my my all my black and white. And um whenever I Met him for the first time. I was like, Hey, just so you know, anytime I do anything like weird with my camera, I don't send it to you. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I send it to another lab. Oh, I <laughs> love that. <laughs> and he's like, I I've think- seen so much weird stuff. Don't worry about oh it. Like, well, yeah, sure. but I feel like we have a relationship. Right. And I don't want you to see what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> oh, shout out to Chris Kale. I love that guy. Yeah. He yeah, loves the best. Oh, that's funny, though. I think, yeah. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could work in a job where, so this is such a dumb story, but when I was in high school, I worked um, with some high school age boys that thought it was really funny to take my camera and steal it and go and take pictures of themselves. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: so one time it was a grad, it was like near graduation time and they went into the bathroom and took pictures of themselves. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're themselves.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: um, my mom was the one that developed like <laughs> up
0: from the, from
1: the, the drugstore and she was looking through it and she's like what is this and the funny this is the funniest thing and I, I still to this day I'm not sure if they were totally joking but they were like we wanted to see if you could tell who was who and I was like well one of you is black and one of you is white <laughs> like I think Anyway, it's such a dumb story, but it still makes me laugh that like my mom, they expected me to have this big shock, but it was my mother who picked up the <laughs> film and looked through the pictures first. And that was back in the day. I don't know if you remember. So there used to be a film called Advantix.
0: No, you I, do not, that film? I do not remember this.
1: So it was like a cool, I. don't it was a consumer film that they it came sounds,
0: out with. Like, it sounds like flea cool. medication.
1: Yeah. Well, so it was. So you'd get the pictures back, and then you'd get a cover image, like picture that had all like little thumbnails of all the pictures. Oh, so my mom made me cut out like she <laughs> we cut out even the Advantix. Anyway, it's just funny the things that people do. Like it's just, but then I, you know, I mean, the guy at CVS or whoever, you know, they had to see that. You know,
0: they probably oh, yeah. see that stuff all the, all the time, all the time, all the time. You know it.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: I mean, never the fine lab for me.
1: No, me either. Yeah, I, everything that I've sent has been so clean. All the all the naughty stuff I sent somewhere else. No, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the dark room.
1: You're welcome, fine lab. Yeah, the dark room. So yeah, because there's, I mean, you know, it's implied in their name. They need the dark stuff. They need yeah. the,
0: <laughs> the dirt. <laughs>
1: That's what that means, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you think about these UFO things?
1: Oh, I'm so excited because I don't want to think about the, like, presidential okay. election, so all I want oh. to think about is UFOs.
0: Yes, so... so Are um, they released
1: yet? You were telling us about...
3: It's not yet, right. right?
0: No, I don't think yet. Um, they're, the So the Pentagon recently stated that they had uh, off-world vehicles made not on this one. Right. Then they have them in, like, uh, storage place. How
1: many months ago was it that they were like, "Nothing to see here. Don't come over. <laughs> We've got
0: nothing yeah, here." Like the Area One, Area Fifty One raids. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "No, we're we're good. We're just like we're just hanging out. There's it's nothing not over here. Government <laughs> place.
1: Nothing weird going on here. You don't <laughs> want to see government place. No, it's really hey, boring. So if you haven't already seen it, the new Unsolved Mysteries that they put on Netflix. Okay. There's one episode that you have to watch. It is okay. like freaky about UFOs. Really? Well, apparently in a town in 1959, mm-hmm. there was multiple sightings of the exact same thing and multiple people who were, were taken up. Cool. And they all tell the like same story and like oh. all told the same story. But all evidence of it was scrapped. Like mm-hmm. they'd all called into the, um, radio station. None of those tapes can be, you know, were kept or what, I mean, it was 1959. So I don't know how like intense it was, sure, but, sure. um, yeah. Interesting. Was that one, that, one, it's, that it's was, that was one of the few things that I've heard that I was like, okay. Like, not that I didn't, not that I disbelieved, but like, it was the first thing that I was like, this can't, you can't dispute what's going on here with yeah, like, yeah. People who didn't know each other. All saying the same thing. There's no way. And some really spooky stuff, like, ooh, goosebumpy stuff. I love that kind of stuff too, though.
0: Yeah. It's very weird. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, I've just always been like, eh, maybe there are, maybe there aren't. I don't know. Who cares? Doesn't affect
1: you, right? So.
0: But now mm -hmm. that there's off world vehicles? What does it even mean?
1: I don't even know what that means. I mean, I think I understand, but like until we know, no, I, you know, I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah. I think like, yeah. Anyway, I'm like waiting. I'm waiting for this stuff to come out because it, it, you know, what it'll probably be? It'll probably just be something really boring. It's I know. like, oh, actually, we, we forgot to say that our astronauts made it.
1: Side of this world. <laughs> honestly, the first thing that came to mind. Like, I honestly, it's like the hype of like, you know, we're gonna hype it up for a month, and then we're gonna be like, oh, just kidding. We just mean it was made at the space station. It's funny. Yeah. We're funny.
0: We give them a craft box and yeah, right. Just to keep them <laughs> occupied on their long trip.
1: Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Or else they're gonna come out and say that Independence Day movie was real, and right. they wiped it from our brains, and
0: you know. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's par for the course for 2020 to have. Honestly, could it be? That, could it be any
1: better timed? I mean, yeah. really. Yeah. What else is going to surprise us at this point?
0: Yeah. I can't I mean, think of a single thing. I would have voted. I would have voted for Kanye.
1: Really? Yeah. Maybe. That would have been honestly. That would have been so fun and so, so interesting. So much That's fun so How, much, been fun.
0: So fun. How yeah. much worse yeah. could it have gotten?
1: <laughs> really? I, I mean, at least the music would have been pretty, I really like Kanye. So I think yeah. the music would have been good. You know, yeah. I can get down with that. Like, that'd be fine.
3: Yeah.
1: What else do you need other than music?
3: Not much, else, you know? Not much like,
1: at all. Yeah. I don't need you to do anything. Just, you need yeah, to. Just, just write some music.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. That's where we are. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, maybe, maybe we'll have some aliens come visit and um, they'll be like, hey, this whole thing, just a goof. Just a goof, Sorry. man. Sorry.
1: Just a goof. Or... trying
0: out some chemical warfare on you guys. We'll find
1: out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll find out that they've been here all along and we... Right. Just didn't know what they looked like.
0: Well, there's, there's a, um, some guy in the Canadian... Mm-hmm. Uh, government mm-hmm. he used ex. He's not no longer in the government, but um, and who knows? He might be a crazy person. But he said that there are uh, extraterrestrials among us called the White Walkers that hold oh. positions in government all over. Oh, the
1: world. that makes so much more sense. I guess doesn't it though? I mean, like, wouldn't couldn't? Wouldn't it be nice if you could just explain that? everything that's ever happened politically in any country was just because they were being ruled by extraterrestrials.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then also <laughs> like, it might also help explain like some of these like real weird things, like the, um, like Epstein stuff where it's yeah. like, what, who is interested in doing that to children? Oh, maybe aliens awesome. are
1: mind boggling thing, but yeah, maybe, maybe
0: it's an alien thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so maybe all those people are aliens. I don't know.
3: Well, it def- they're definitely not human.
1: You know? They're not good. They're not uh, made the same way as the rest of
0: us. Yeah. Yeah, there's something broken in there.
1: I'm telling you, though, that that whole thing... I mean, that's, that's a whole other thing to... Like, can of worms to open. But, man, there's some crazy stuff.
0: Crazy. Well, it's just... It's mind-blowing that... Like, you had... People saying, yeah, there's like an island where people go and, and you know, mm-hmm. have sex with kids. And it's like, no, like, no, no, no. Celebrities don't do that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and then here we are.
1: Here we are.
0: It was a thing.
1: It was a total thing. <sighs> well, And that's, you know, I, I think coming off of the heels of watching an R. Kelly documentary. <laughs>
0: You have watched everything,
1: dude. I have not. Like, I watched Frank Sinatra's document, the documentary about him, and that was that was great. And then I went straight into R. Kelly. Basically, I'm doing whatever Netflix suggests, and they're they've got it. They've got a real number on me lately. But
0: yeah, just (laughs) like your Pandora station. (laughs)
1: Just like my Pandora station. They know me so well. (laughs) No, but this R. But I didn't. You know, the R. Kelly thing. I didn't spend a whole lot of time in my life thinking about it didn't affect my life. Do you know what yep, I'm saying? Yep, like I yep, wasn't a yep. fan of his, so it didn't, I don't know. I just kind of brushed it off or whatever, but like, like seeing it up, you know, in those, um, docu- in that documentary with those people's, you know, stories, it's just like, my, my thing is not so much that there is a depraved person because I understand that. Sure what I don't understand is how you know that that one person cannot do what they did without a huge amount of people. Yes. And I think it's the same thing with Epstein. It's like, you know, like he had to have had more, so many people who knew what was going on and said nothing and did nothing because of, you know, personal, they wanted personal gain or whatever, but, or Mm -hmm. being afraid or whatever it is. But like the amount of things that or the amount of people that it takes to run something. I mean, I just think, that's what I mean. That's what I. That's what I don't understand. Like I can I can grasp that there's a singular person or or a group of people maybe that's small that's like that, but it's the people that support it. That I just
3: can't. I don't
0: know. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I I think I think it's just uh yuck, real yeah. big yuck for me. <laughs> I I really try not to think about it because it makes me so No, oh, but
1: that's the thing is, you know, what, my biggest thing and that's the same thing with anything political or um coronavirus or whatever is what can I actually accomplish with this knowledge, yeah. right? And so if it just brings you down and there's nothing you can do about it, that's not a real position of strength to put yourself into. So sure. I'd rather learn about things I can change and I can do. Yes. For my own self, I mean, you know, that's how I'm going to change the world. Is I'm going to have to change myself. So.
0: Yep. Anyway. Uh, was it Gandhi? He said, "Be the change in the world that you want to see."
1: Sure. It's totally Gandhi. Not Gandhi said that. It sounds Gandhi-ish.
0: Mahatma. Mahatma. My buddy. <laughs> yeah, we're on first name basis. <laughs> um, yeah. I I was actually the one that taught him how not to eat. Isn't that good? Really. Yeah. It's pretty wow.
3: cool. Yeah. Personally, yeah. to eh? um, Yeah. He likes me. <laughs> <doesn't> he? <laughs> he
1: likes me. Of course he does. I love it.
0: Okay. I'm going to let you go. Okay. You think we got
1: something that people are going to want to listen to? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs>
0: And here we are yet again. You can find Emily on Instagram at Emily Murdoch Photography. She made that pretty easy. I'm at Sasquatch Mansfield. This podcast is at the Film Photography Podcast. Our music was written and produced by the amazing Ross Graham. If you need music, he'll be your Huckleberry. If you feel like, you know, taking the advice of someone that you may have never met, Why don't you rate and review this thing? Um, That might be cool. Or you know what's even cooler? All the cool kids are doing it is sharing the podcast with a friend. You know, call up that guy or gal you haven't talked to in two or three years and say, Hey, long time, but there's this podcast and it's something. They talk and I put it in my ears and listen to it. You might be interested. So that's something you could do or not. Our wisdom this week comes from Philip Jones Griffiths, who said, even if not a single picture is ever published, they exist. And that means that we are recording the history of the human race. And if that's all you're doing, it's still a very, very worthwhile profession to be involved in. Until next time, guys, be well, do good work, stay disciplined. Cheers.